0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Book of Wonder by Lord Dunsany. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Miss Cubbage and the Dragon of Romance this tale is told in the balconies of belgrave square and among the towers of pont street men sing in a evening in the brompton road little upon her eighteenth birthday thought miss cubbage of number twelve a prince of wales square that before another year had gone its way she would lose the sight of that unshapely oblong that was so long her home and had you told her further that within that year all trace of that so-called square, and of the day when her father was elected by a thumping majority to share in the guidance of the destinies of the empire, should utterly fade from her memory, she would merely have said in that affected voice of hers, Go to. There was nothing about it in the daily press. The policy of her father's party had no provision for it, there was no hint of it in conversation at evening parties to which Miss Cubbage went. There was nothing to warn her at all that a loathsome dragon with golden scales that rattled as he went would have come up clean out of the prime of romance and gone by night, so far as we know, through Hammersmith, and come to Ardle Mansion, and then had turned to his left, which of course brought him to Miss Cubbage's father's house." There sat Miss Cubbage at evening on her balcony quite alone, waiting for her father to be made a baronet. She was wearing walking boots, and a hat, and a low-necked evening dress, for a painter was but just now painting her portrait, and neither she nor the painter saw anything odd in this strange combination. She did not notice the roar of the dragon's golden scales, nor distinguish above the manifold lights of London the small red glare of his eyes. He suddenly lifted his head, a blaze of gold, over the balcony. He did not appear a yellow dragon then, for his glistening scales reflected the beauty that London puts upon her only at evening and night. She screamed, but to no night, nor knew what night to call on, nor guessed where were the dragons' overthrowers of far romantic days, nor what mightier game they chased, or what wars they waged perchance they were busy even then arming for armageddon out of the balcony of her father's house in prince of wales square the painted dark green balcony that grew blacker every year the dragon lifted miss cubbage and spread his rattling wings and london fell away like an old fashion and england fell away and the smoke of its factories and the round material world that goes humming round the sun vexed and pursued by time until there appeared the eternal and ancient lands of romance lying low by mystical seas. You had not pictured Miss Cubbage stroking the golden head of one of the dragons of song with one hand idly, while with the other she sometime played with pearls brought up from lonely places of the sea. They filled huge heliotis shells with pearls and laid them there beside her. They brought her emeralds which she set to flash among the tresses of her long black hair. They brought her threaded sapphires for her cloak. All this the princes of fable did, and the elves and the gnomes of myth. And partly she still lived, and partly she was one with long ago, And with those sacred tales that nurses tell, When all their children are good, and evening has come, and the fire is burning well, and the soft pat pat of the snowflakes on the pane is like the furtive tread of fearful things in old enchanted woods. If at first she missed those dainty novelties among which she was reared, the old sufficient song of the mystical sea, singing of fairy lore, at first soothed and at last consoled her. Even she forgot those advertisements of pills that are so dear to England even she forgot political cant and the things that one discusses and the things that one does not, and had perforce to contend herself with seeing sailing by huge golden-laden galleons with treasure for Madrid, and the merry sculling crossbones of the pirateers, and the tiny nautilus setting out to sea, and ships of heroes trafficking in romance, or of princes seeking for enchanted isles. It was not by chains that the dragon kept her there, but by one of the spells of old. To one to whom the facilities of the daily press had for so long been accorded, spells would have palled, you would have said, and galleons after a time, and all things out of date. After a time, but whether the centuries passed her, or whether the years, or whether no time at all, she did not know if anything indicated the passing of time it was the rhythm of elfin horns blowing upon the heights if the centuries went by her the spell that bound her gave her also perennial youth and kept alight forever the lantern by her side and saved from decay the marble palace facing the mystical sea and if no time went by her there at all her single moment on those marvelous coasts was turned as it were to a crystal reflecting a thousand scenes If it was all a dream, it was a dream that knew no morning and no fading away. The tide roamed on and whispered of master and of myth, while near that captive lady, asleep in his marble tank, the golden dragon dreamed. And a little way out from the coast, all that the dragon dreamed, showed faintly in the mist that lay over the sea. He never dreamed of any rescuing night. So long as he dreamed, it was twilight." But when he came up nimbly out of his tank, night fell and starlight glistened on the dripping golden scales. There he and his captive either defeated time or never encountered him at all, while in the world we know raged alls or battles yet to be. I know not to what part of the shore of romance he bore her. Perhaps she became one of those princesses of whom fables love to tell but let it suffice that there she lived by the sea. And kings ruled, and demons ruled, and kings came again, and many cities returned to their native dust, and still she abided there, and still her marble pals passed not away, nor the power that there was in the dragon's spell. And only once did there ever come to her a message from the world that of old she knew. It came in a pearly ship across the mystical sea, It was from an old school friend that she had had in Putney. Merely a note, no more, in a little, neat, round hand, it said, It is not proper for you to be there alone. End of Miss Cubbage and the Dragon of Romance